Alright, we're going to do a story. So I'll put these away and I'll give them out later. Because we are about sharing. You can see on the screen here, hopefully, it's a bit, it's a bit faded, isn't it? Actually, do you want to see if the lights, we can turn the, this light off? Is that be possible? Just so we can see the screen. A bit better. Now, is Nick here? Is Nick not out of bed? Where is he? Do you know, last night, Nick and I practised a story where he was going to draw while I told the story. And he's still in bed. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have told that story. Okay, well... While we're waiting for Nick, I guess we better play uh, a few more of these. <laughs> Are you thinking yellow? All right, bite into it. Uh, yellow. All right, take two. Give them away. Here comes Ben, but do we have Nick? He's coming? <laughs> He's running for uh, Who else would like a game from one of the uh, uh, more mature members of our... Uh, hands down, you kids in the front row. Who would like... Anyone else like these things? No? Oh, here we go. Excellent. Now, when Nick comes in, we do need to um, give him some encouragement. Okay, Don't bag him out. Just an encouragement. Maybe a little cheer. Alright, we got the pink. Oh. Yeah, we got, yeah. Uh, Alright. This game's, uh, yeah, great, actually. <laughs> Alright, ready? Here he comes. Hi! <laughs> Yeah, I'll we'll pay that. You can give two away. I'll give one to you. Okay. Alright, Nick, come up here, buddy. Alright, how are you feeling? I'm good. Good. Now, Nick is our cartoonist for today. So, here is your iPad. And um, hopefully... Yep, I think so. Just take a seat over there. Hopefully you'll be able to see... I'll try and stand at the side so I'm not in anyone's way, but hopefully you'll see some pictures appear on the screen as we tell the story. Now the story starts with a guard and the guard was on top of the wall just doing his normal thing. He would walk, he would stop, he would look out and uh, he would see it's all fine, it's all safe. So he would keep patrolling on top of the wall, he would walk a bit further, he would look out, it's all fine. In fact, he would do this so often he'd probably get a little bit bored with it. And occasionally he would just wish that there was an interesting thing to do. Maybe, you know, see if there's a bunny rabbit running around down at the bottom of this wall. But then, one day, to his horror, he looks out and he sees a cloud of dust in the distance. And this cloud, is he looking horrified? Yes, he is definitely looking horrified. He looks out and this cloud of dust is getting bigger. 
and getting bigger and he knows what it is and soon he is running across the top of the wall sounding an alarm saying, alarm or something (laughs) or there's a really big problem coming our way. He was shouting out something and soon he notices that this cloud of dust is an approaching army. There are soldiers and chariots and all sorts of things and they are heading towards his city and he is in a massive panic. But as they get closer and closer to this wall in this city and closer and all the soldiers are gathering on top of the wall ready for their defence. They've all got their spears ready, their arrows if they've got them, their shields. They're all worried about the fight that's about to happen and this army gets closer and closer and there's the gate. They don't want the gate would be barricaded down. They would make sure that no one's going to get in this gate. But then the army does something they may not have expected comes to a screeching halt. The army stops. The brakes are on. And the soldiers are on ready on the wall waiting for the attack. And the attack doesn't happen. And in fact, the invading army, instead of bringing out their weapons, they bring out their tents. And they start setting up their tents. They're whacking in the tent pegs, setting up the ropes, setting up the campfire, pulling out the marshmallows. And they're just tents all over the place. And in fact, the whole city is surrounded by tents. And in fact, this army was not intending to win this war by a battle. They were intending to win this war by starving them out. It's called a siege. No one gets in, no one gets out. And when no one gets in, no food gets in. And the soldiers who were ready for a fight on top of the top of the wall there, they were worried and days went by. Days went by and more days went by and food was becoming more and more scarce and people were, what? Thirsty and they were really hungry. Actually, I've got some actors up before. Who can act like they're really hungry for me? Can you do that? Stand up here. Turn around this way. Just look hungry. Hmm. All right, good try. All right, take a seat. All right, come up here. Stand here. Turn around. Look hungry. He's happy about it, but he's hungry. All right, take a seat. Okay, all right. Now, they were hungry. They were so hungry. Days went by. More days went by. More days went by. Food was running out. Soon, even disgusting, gross, horrible things was sold for a lot of money because people were willing to eat them. Like a bag of pigeon droppings. <laughs> What's the tea tonight, Mum? <laughs> um, well, so everyone was really, really hungry and they were really worried. The king was worried. He was walking up on top of that wall there one day and he heard the most horrible story, which I won't even tell you, but if you want to read it, you can read it in... Second Kings chapter 6 and he was so angry when he heard this story of how hungry these people were and how desperate they would be he wanted to get the guy who represented God the guy who was the man of God called Elisha and he wanted to take off his head he was so angry it's like they're calling out to God for help or were they? but he was angry at this man and anyway when they sent some messages to this guy called Elisha Elisha actually said you know, by tomorrow this is all going to change the economy will be put back to normal in a sense Food will cost what it should cost. And the guy who was with the king said, no way. 
even if God could open up the heavens, well, there's no way we'd get that, that much food. And Elisha said, well, it's going to happen by tomorrow, but you're not going to taste any of it. So, meanwhile, <clears throat> at the bottom of this wall, there were four guys. And uh, Nick's about to draw them in for us. And these guys were, oh, they, were they had more problems than the people inside the city. Not only were they hungry, they had no food, but they also had a terrible disease of leprosy. So they were outcasts, they couldn't see their family, they couldn't go in the city, they, they, their bodies were deteriorating and things were really bleak for these four guys. So they would just sit there and they probably, you know, the conversation probably went along the lines of what are we going to eat tonight, guys? Dirt? Mmm, great. That's about all we got. And you know what? We go in the city, they got no food in there. We sit here, we've got no food here. We go over there to the army, they kill us. Cool. Now see, option one, not good. Option two, not good. Option three, not good. <laughs> but then, one of them gets a light bulb moment. We've got a light bulb? Hang on. Light bulb moment, there it is. One of them gets a light bulb moment. He says, hang on, what if we go over to the army, we surrender, and they take us prisoners, and they chain us up? They'd at least have to feed us, wouldn't they? And they all start to think, hey, you're onto something. We sit here, we're going to die anyway. We go in the city, we're going to die in there. Let's go and surrender. Maybe they'll take us prisoners. And so the other guys, they think, yeah, one of them thinking, hmm. And what's that last one doing? Is he going to respond at all? Yeah, he's got a face now. Yeah, and yeah, cool. He's, yeah, he's a bit unsure, I think. Yeah, anyway, so these four guys, they decide they're going to head over to the army. They wait, of course. It's getting towards dusk. It's kind of dark. It was probably they felt that maybe when it's dark it might be a bit better. So, in fact, I actually imagine them kind of sneaking. Because you approach an army, you're unarmed, you've got nothing, they've got all these weapons, so I need another actor. All right. Have you had a go yet? No, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. All right. Can you do the sneaking for me? All right, stand here. All right, sneak across there. Yeah, they're not that happy. You've got leprosy, remember? <laughs> Alright, sneaking. <laughs> okay, alright, good. <laughs> I think she's going to die before she gets there. <laughs> okay, but she's going to crawl there. Okay, alright, thanks, take a seat. So, the four guys are walking across. Now, I imagine this to be rather scary. You've got an open plane, nothing to hide behind, and you approach this army. So here they are, there's the four guys, and they're walking over to the tent. So just draw an yeah, arrow there. Okay, across to the tents. About, whoop, circle, and there. Good. Excellent. So, they're going across to these tents. And as they're getting closer, they're thinking, all right, it's probably about time that an arrow will be firing in our direction. And they're probably looking at each other thinking, who's going to get hit first? You know, I bet you're going to hit first. Yeah, no, probably you get hit first. And, and no arrows come. And they get closer. And they're thinking, well, probably now we're in range for a spear. Maybe we're about to get a spear thrown at us. And no spears come. And they get closer. And they're starting to think, hang on, why can't we hear any noise? Are they hiding behind something? And they're about to jump out and go, ah, gotcha. Maybe. So they get closer. And there's still no noise. And these four guys are thinking, there's something wrong here. There's an army. We should be hearing noise by now. And they get closer 
And, and they're right up at the tent. Maybe they're in the tent, about to jump out and go, ah! So let's see the tent. Can we see the tent? Okay, so we'll get right up. Approach the tent. Grab the tent flap. Ready to peek inside. Open up the tent flap and look inside and they see... What do we see? Let's have a look. Okay. Looks like a box inside the tent. And inside this box is... Have a guess what's in the box. Could be some... And could be some... Do you know, they find all sorts of things like that. They find clothes, they find gold and silver, and they find food. And they just stuff themselves silly. They just go, om, 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 om. They are just eating and drinking, and, and after they eat some, they go off and hide some of the treasures they've found, the clothes and the gold and the silver, and, and then they come back and they eat some more. Can you draw one of them with a really big belly? Nick? Let's see. He, there he is. So just, you know, imagine that Christmas Day, you know, that strange Uncle Fred you've got who undoes the belt just before lunch to make room for the, you know, and so that uh, he just, you know, he's going to really pick out of that. He's there, yeah. Well, yeah, he's full. And so those four guys just eat and eat and eat. And then one of them has another light bulb moment. Can we get a light bulb moment? <laughs> All right. Another light bulb moment. And he thinks, hang on, we're here eating and everyone back in the city is starving and there is more food than we can fit in our stomachs. Hmm, do you think we should do something? And in fact they say, we better tell them because when they find out they might even punish us that we've been sitting on all this food. So, with this light bulb moment they say, today is a day of good news. And they rush back and they yell out to the guards and they tell the guards that the soldiers, the army had gone. And of course, God had caused a noise in the night to make the army think that there was an approaching army or armies coming and they just all packed up and ran. God made them run off without a single, uh, single fight. And we have here a question. Can we put a question mark in the middle? We've got one group thinking about sharing the good news. And the other one is a speech bubble, actually sharing the good news. And their four lepers had that choice as they were sitting there in the tent. Should we just sit on this and keep this to ourselves or should we share this? And they decided, maybe not for the right motive, just so they wouldn't get punished, but they decided to share the good news. That is what I wanted us to focus on today. When we're talking about a theme of hungry, thirsty, I thought we can't go past the idea of sharing the good news. Because we've got something to share. They had just food for hungry people, but we've got something to share. Now, can we give a clap to our cartoonist, Nick? Great job, Nick. Thank you very much. That was good. I'm glad you made it here, Nick. Are we all glad Nick made it? Yes. So, we're talking about sharing, and I found a quote that I, from Bill Hybels that I thought uh, was a good expression of just how awesome the thing is that we've got to share. This is uh, Bill Hybels talking about how awesome it is to follow God. If you give yourself to God and others, God will register your sacrifice in heaven's ledger sheets. He will pour out a return so bountiful that over a period of time you will marvel at how full your life is. 
you will find yourself breaking out in spontaneous bursts of worship. You will hear yourself singing, You satisfy my soul. You give me life in all its fullness. That's a good expression of how great it is to follow God, isn't it? And uh, some of you will really resonate with that. You'll have experienced it. That, that, you know, just saying, God, you satisfy my soul. We have something worth sharing. And the question that I want to ask first is, what stops us sharing? Now, yesterday we got into little groups and uh, we sort of got into groups and then got back into a big group. I thought if it's okay, we could get into groups again and just have a little discussion. But we won't come back and forth. I'll leave you in little groups, but just stop you every now and again. Is that okay? So when I call you back in, if it's all right, um, just try and stop so we can get a little bit of feedback from some of the groups and then I'll give you a little bit more and then a few more questions. So, now, kids, remember, you have to spread amongst the groups. So you need to make sure you've got one, you've got all the generations represented in your group, if you can. Okay? So, one group here, one group there, one group that corner, one group that corner, just in a little circle. And have a, a chat about what stops us sharing our good news. And then I'll get some feedback in a few minutes. Alright, so make some little groups. If you don't. Okay, there's some great discussion going on here which I really am reluctant to stop but if we could just pause for a moment to get some feedback. Now, what, what I would like actually is for you to stay in your groups because I'm going to give you another thing to chat about in a moment but we'll just get a little bit of feedback. I think the list I've got on, on my list on the screen is probably very similar to the, as I heard the groups at the front uh, discuss already. So, some of these things are real fears and um, we don't want to just feel guilty over this list, but we want this list here because we kind of, kind of address it. We want to work through it. We want to be able to overcome the things that stop us. So, let's just here, because I've heard a great list from this group, because I was sitting right next to them. Let's start with this corner over here. Just one thing that um, stops us sharing. Um, we have not, wanting not wanting to offend people. All right, to here. Just one more. Add, add one to the list. Fear of what people think of us. Over here? Uh, not knowing all the answers. Not knowing all the answers. Over here? Um, damaging the relationship. Damaging the relationship. Down to here? The um, fear of non- sharing non-scientific theories in today's world. Okay. Heaven, hell, yep. uh, spiritual yep. aspects in a scientific world. Okay, yep, good. Do we all hear that? Alright, we'll go back to this group. We've got another one that hasn't been said yet. <coughs> yeah. Yep. Get the feeling people are interested. Back to here. Time. It is such a problem, isn't it? Being shy. Is this, is this the right time? Yeah. Okay, good. Any others here? Similar to that, being ill prepared, doing it in your own self-confidence rather than relying on the Holy Spirit. Yep, good. Do we hear that one? Doing it in your own self-confidence rather than... Knowing that our lives will be scrutinised if we say that we 
Christ, the people will be watching our lives 24-7. Yeah. Do we all hear that one too? Go back. Yep. Yeah. All right. Any more? A lot of people don't think in non-Christian circles. Yes. They're they're in their Christian circles and, and so the opportunity just don't arise. Yes. And good point, which we do need to address. Any more to add? Hmm. Okay, good. Not having a confident faith yourself? Yep. Yeah, well, both of those, they're not being convinced ourselves or trying to explain. Yep. Yeah, okay. I think your list is bigger than mine, but very similar. Let me give you my list. Um, so, more means of communication, but more isolation. It's a bit strange, really, isn't it? It's kind of working in reverse. And that can be a little bit like. Um, what Garth said in this one, perhaps just not connecting with him. And I've actually been fascinated by each of the stories that we've had from different people and the question that um, Lorraine has asked each of the people she's interviewed. Where is Lorraine? Where? Oh, there you are, hiding. Yeah, the question that Lorraine has asked in the workplace in each of the interviews is, uh, how much contact do you have with Christians and non-Christians? And today we, it was a fascinating story, wasn't it? The, the nursing one. Thank you for that one. And um, but yeah, that's that's something we do need to look at and address. Um, one thing is just the whole thing about initiative. Everyone looks to the other one to make the first move. No one wants to make the first move. No one wants to take the initiative. That's a simple one to address. Uh, and I once said, you know, you know um, I must have been sick. I must have been sick at home because it was one of those, when Oprah was on, remember Oprah? Yeah, remember her? Yeah, it was, she gave this story of this family that were in a community um, and it wasn't anything to do with Christian faith but it was a similar thing. One family said they'd been living in this area for five years and not met any of their neighbours. So they decided to take some initiative. They actually got, they got together a bunch of balloons and, and things to give out and they just knocked on every door in their, their local area and knocked and said, hi, we've been living here for five years and not met anyone. We are the, and they said the name of their family, and we'd just like to give you something and say hello. And so they just gave them a little pack of something and said hello, and some people were completely uninterested, but they made some really good friendships straight out of that. Now, that's a really extroverted thing to do, isn't it? But the simple point was they took initiative. Exactly. Yes. And that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, in that story, they did say, "We just live here. We haven't met anyone." But yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, we have this one. We don't have time. And I think that the one that goes with this more so is that when we do have time, we're so worn out that we don't have the emotional energy to take initiative. And we just want to chill out in the time that we've got left. Because we, we relate to this. Um, stats show we're living longer, working harder and using more energy. So, even with the coffee, we're drooling on the keyboard. Um, <coughs> So,
And that is, yeah. Yes. And that, that is a really good point you raise, Ron. And um, when we look at um, the spiritual gifts, the starting point would serve one another. But as you see, all of those spiritual gifts, so a lot of them are serving into the community. And I've got a verse which I'm going to pop up later that talk about that serving one another that spreads to the community. So our starting point is serving one another. But we can't be so busy at that that we don't get out. And, and there are a whole bunch of things that people are thinking through in that and it has to do with the, the whole question of professionalism in the way that we run church. It's been a thing since the... Um, I read a book on church uh, called Church Next which was published in 2001 and it pointed out that the churches that were growing were the ones that were saying we're going to run a professional show. But now that we're past that, we've got this debate in churches where some are saying, let's pull all the energy out of running our programs professionally and put it all into the community. And then you get sometimes a cringe factor in the way things are run. Other churches just try and launch somewhere in the middle and have a balance. We want to run things well, but we want to have enough energy to get in the community as well. And it's a whole big question to think about. Actually, I've been talking to some churches in Wangaratta recently about this very thing. One of the issues that... uh, can be thought through or one of the bonuses is called time is to make the best use of your time. For example, the church I'm in in Ringwood, every six weeks, instead of running the whole big service, we just get together, pray, have communion and go off and do something in the community in our Sunday morning spot. So we still gather together just first but we're serving and doing that in that slot makes it happen and it, and it sort of helps you to turn it into a way of life. Just an interesting little thing to to slot in. How can we do things smarter and not neglect either end of it? But good point. Okay, so um, one of the other things, as I've got a quote from this little um, raccoon off um, over the hedge. Here's a quote from RJ, I think his name is. Uh, he says, Humans have a great need to connect with one another. They also have a great need to sit on their butts. <laughs> TV satisfies both these needs. <laughs> Um, so I think um, our little raccoon has some wisdom here and one of the things is that because we're so busy when we get to that time when we are just we do have free time we're so worn out we just want to turn on the TV and be a zombie but you know what Um, we can survive without it and we can still make good use of time even in the chill out times So one of the things I think that's a good thing to do is to look at our life and say, what is just superfluous that I could actually get rid of that's chewing up time? Like this thing, (laughs) Facebook or whatever else, or TV. What's what's a a time consumer in my life that's not actually that productive that I could get rid of? All right, we talked about that a lot, the scary element. What will they think of me? We talked about that. There's There's the salesman at the door and we do not want to be a salesman. And if they sniff motivation is to build up an institution, they'll run a mile. If, that's, if they sniff, that's the motivation. Not sure what to say, we've talked about that. Alright, but here's the question. How will that, but how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Unless someone goes, they won't hear. So we've got all these concerns and fears and problems and like these four lepers in the tent with very full bellies, 
saying, we are not doing right. This is a day of good news. If we just kind of hold back with this kind of fear and say, oh, I don't know what to say, or maybe they won't, they won't like me if I say this, then um, we're a bit like the guys in the tent. We're not doing right. This is a day of good news. I think back to that quote from Heibel's about what we have is worth sharing. Now, I actually also think in this with my son who's five in terms of food. You know, sometimes we never want to try something new. Um, and he's just like that. He's the kind of kid who never, never try anything new. And um, so one time my wife does one of those Jamie Oliver 15 minute um, meal things and this is a strange looking creation that we've never seen before and here it is on the table and we're thinking how on earth are we going to get the five year old to do this? And um, if we say, oh you, you ought to taste some of this, it's great. And he's like, no, that's, that's different to what I'm normally used to. You know, sometimes I think the approach to sharing is a similar thing. We think we don't want to tell them because they don't want it. But what we actually, you know, and the tactic in this case is um, he's seeing me love this food and he's seeing parents say, why don't you just give it a try? You, you, you know, just... And he actually tried it and uh, he wanted it again and again when he tried this strange Jamie Oliver creation which I can't even describe. Um, so I reckon we have an approach like that. We, we think maybe they don't want it but maybe we just remember how awesome it is and show them that we think it's awesome and just go in with that mentality of why don't you even just think about it, giving it a try. Alright, so next question. What is a good way to share? Chat about that for the next five minutes with your group and I'll come back for some feedback. What is a, what's a good way to share? Oh, we're not, we're not talking food here, yes. Forget, forget Jamie Oliver. Oh yes, actually you're right. Good point, Ron. Hospitality. Great point. Food, yeah, so we are talking food, but that's not the, yeah. If any of the kids are still, some of the kids have gone over to draw on their side, which I, I also gave permission to at the start. Um, can I give you guys a challenge? over there and if the other kids want to. See if you can think of, if you were to create something you could invite friends to, say maybe something at church where a message was presented, but you would invite your friends to it, what would it look like? And see if you can create an invitation to it. Like make a piece of paper that's an invitation to something at church that you could invite your friends to. Think you can have a go at that? Alright, cool. We'll see what they come up with later or if they come up with anything. Keep chatting about good ways to share. Okay, can I pull you back in? Sorry, we could probably chat about this one for quite a bit longer and I would love to give you more time on that one. Um, but we'll, we'll start again. We'll go around the groups and get each group to give one example of a good way of sharing. Then I'll give you my list and a few verses to go with it and then we'll see if any of the kids have managed to create a good invitation for something they could invite their friends to that could be run at church or something like that. So, let's go um, clockwise around. We'll start here and go there, there, around there. So, first one from this group. We need to listen to people. Listen to people. Great. Listening to people. Excellent. 
based on relationship. Great. Good. Excellent. Yep. Now, I'll just repeat that. Um, so, it's based on who you are and how God's gifted you and uh, each person shares in a different way. That's the way God enables them. Yes. I think um, Mark Mittelberg, who works in the Willow Creek thing, he had uh, six different ways of sharing that, go, that kind of connected to different personality types and gifting. Uh, an example of, of, of different ways that people do it. Very good. Yeah, so asking good questions and being interested in people. Good. Thinking and praying before answering. Excellent. Great. I've got, I've got that one on my screen later. That one about praying for opportunities. Excellent. Um, we talked about taking up the, uh, the obvious opportunities, especially around neighbours. Yeah. And, and being prepared to do the best Yeah. Yeah. Great. Taking out the obvious opportunities, and I think I also hear from that serving. Starting with serving. Great. Actually, um, John Chapman tells a funny story about taking up the obvious opportunities to share. He picked up a hitchhiker and, and he asked the hitchhiker about, you know, about his life, and when it came round to reversing it, the guy said, you know, what do you do? And in the essence of him explaining, he said, well, basically, my job is to try and convince people to become Christians. And then the guy says, um, how do you do that? Have you got a line? You know, what, what, do you, what do you say to try and convince people to become Christians? And John, tell, as he's telling this story, when he's asked that, he has this little prayer. He says, I'm not very smart, but I was thinking, maybe this is the opportunity to share. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, taking up the obvious opportunities. Yeah, good. All right, so this group, next. Now, what was your list? Sport, craft, travel, whatever you're doing, engaging with people. Good. All right, to here. Yeah, being a bit different so that people actually say, what, what is it about you? Good. Working Christian conversations into social groups. Good. Oh, we, we got enough for another lap? Yeah, we need... This is for extroverts, but uh, uh, the aspect here was opening up your home on uh, Good Friday and inviting everyone in for hot cross buns, uh, being a catalyst uh, on other national days like Anzac Day, 
Okay, so we're using, using the opportunities of Good Friday, Anzac Day and um, um, Australia Day. Yep, great, good. And we get the real teamwork aspect to that, don't we? When you're building on the relationship that someone else has started in that. Yep, good. Any more from this group? Yep, Christian behaviour and character. Good. Any? Spence, you guys got any more? Yeah. Okay, so giving out Christian books and resources, DVDs and also working, um, just talking about that part of your life in normal conversation. Good. Alright, you had a massive list, bigger than my list, so I'll give you my list and a few verses to go with each of, uh, of my list, uh, which is just a short list. Um, so obviously the first thing is prayer and um, the, that's the starting point and I love this from Paul in Colossians where he asks, for prayer for the opportunity. I think that was mentioned to this group down here and uh, here is here's this verse. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So in the middle of that we get pray for us that God may open the door for the word great prayer, isn't it? Just praying for that opportunity. Okay, building the trust. Uh, The media has damaged our reputation a bit in recent years and there is a bit of distrust against Christianity and uh, we can can aim towards rebuilding that. When people get to know individuals and see that actually we're not like what we're portrayed in the media necessarily and um, that Colossians passage gives some extra advice on that. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. So okay. Let, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, Season with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Good advice there on rebuilding that trust. We talked a lot about being a servant and uh, this verse connects, as I said, uh, the, um, as you see halfway through this verse of Galatians 5, um, but through love serve one another for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. The love one another, the serve one another does start with your church family community in serving one another in, in, and, and the, the spiritual gifts are there to build up, um, build you up. But as you can see here, it extends to love your neighbour as yourself. It's connected to that. It goes to the community as well, that serving. Serving is just a real great way to start. But still, 
when you do get the opportunity to open your mouth and say something, take it. Be involved in the community. And um, this verse here from 1 Peter, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. So the word I just wanted to point out here is just among. We're given the instruction to live among our unbelieving neighbours. It's pretty clear. And we... Look, it's tricky, but we don't want to just be in a Christian bubble where we're only meeting Christian people. We need to be involved in the community. Take the opportunities. And we talked about that. Paul summarises his ministry at the end and he makes this really clear. And the, the phrase that here is, at the bottom, I did not shrink back. So in his, he's giving his summary of his ministry and now behold, I know that none of... None of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. So this is him saying, I'm not going to see you guys again. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. And Paul was just an example of never missing an opportunity and he points this out here to these guys. I didn't ever shrink back and so often we let opportunities slip by. And you only you have this little small few second window where you can think about it and then they, they go and you don't get them back. And I know many times we, we go home and we think, oh, I should have said that. You know, you don't think of it at the time that could have led to a more of a conversation. Uh, but take the opportunities. Invite. Invite uh, there's some great examples. Cornelius is one and... Um, this story in Acts 10 is an amazing story about how God connects Peter to Cornelius. But it's not just Cornelius. Cornelius knows that he's going to hear um, a message from Peter and he makes sure that it's not just him, it's his whole, it's his relatives and, all, and his close friends so that when Peter gets to Cornelius in that story to share, the house is full. It's not just two guys. So Cornelius sends for Peter to give the message and he invites all his relatives and close friends. And that's a good start. Those amongst our family and close friends, just to invite them. Starting with the hospitality, telling your story and Paul's a great example of that. And this, this is the one where he's um, in the middle of a riot and he asks to speak and he just tells his story. I was on my way and I drew near to Damascus. About noon, a great light from the heavens Heaven suddenly shone around me and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, who you, who you are persecuting me. And just Paul just gives his testimony right there in the middle of a riot. just says, This is what happened to me. And that is something that we can start with as well. Well, just a few little encouragements and, and each group came out with a huge bunch of lists. And we had a big list of fears as well. I think it's worthwhile to work through those things that are stopping us from sharing, to talk about it in a group like we've done today because there's a real teamwork thing to it. It was pointed out, I think Dawn pointed out from this group, that we have different gifts in the way God's enabled us to share and that's where the teamwork thing really comes into play as you think about how can we do this get this message out? How can we make sure we're sharing this? How can we do this as a team? 
Is there something we can put on? Is there some way we can connect into the community more? Is there some way we can serve the community more as a team? Think about those things, pray, see where God prompts you and just try a few things out as a group. Now, before we wrap it up, we'll just see if the kids have created an invitation. Did any of you give it a try? All right, come on, bring it over. Okay. So, can I step a bit closer. Now, if, if you could, oh, if you could create anything to invite your friends to, what would it look like? What would the event look like? What would, it, what would be there? Not sure? If you could make up anything to invite people to, what would it be like? What about, what about you two guys? Come over here. What would it be like? If you say had um, something at church, what would be there if, for you to want to invite your friends? A pool of lollies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about you? Games. Games. All right, you got any other ideas now that these two have thrown a suggestion? Lots and lots and lots of games. Lots of games. Okay, yeah, okay. Food. Food, all right. So, food, games, lollies, I get the idea. Now, let's have a look at the invitations. What have we got on the invitations? Oh, you got, oh, actually, do you want to read that out? Turn it around so everyone can see first. Hold it up. See that? Very nice. That's a nice invitation, isn't it? Now, could you read it out for us? Okay. Dear someone, Country Kids Club, it's so fun because we get to play lots of games and each night is a different topic, like football or Amazing Race. It's so fun. You should come from Blake. Oh, isn't that good? Nice work. All right. You don't want to read yours out? Okay. Okay. And now you're going to read yours out? Hold it, hold it up so we can have a look. Okay, cool. Um, church camp. We play games. We have a church service and it's for all ages. It says come to the fun. Alright, come to the fun of church camp. So, next year for church camp. Could be a few more without invitation. Alright, do you want to hold yours up? Look at that. Very nice. Come out, step forward so people would see. And you don't want to read it out, is that correct? Okay, so if you want to see what's written on this invitation, you will have to go and ask. Okay. All right, thanks, thanks guys. You can take a seat. Great job. And I think next year's church camp will have a swimming pool full of lollies. <laughs> and maybe we'll pray to finish off. Lord, we do thank you for the fun that we've had. We thank you for the times of fellowship and sharing. We thank you, Lord, for so much. We thank you that you care for us so much that we can have a relationship with you. We, um, hearing that quote from Bill Hybels about just saying how awesome it is to follow you, that we just want to burst out with a, a song or a statement of you satisfy my soul. Lord, when we ex- experience knowing you, that is... That's what it's like. And Lord, I pray that we just don't sit on that and enjoy it for ourselves. I pray that we have a real desire to share it, but to share it in a good way. Not like some salesman knocking on the door, pressuring people, um, seeing people as an object or a target, 
But Lord, we just want to care for people so much and care for you that we want them to experience this as well. And I pray, Lord, for opportunities. I pray for opportunities for each of the people in this, this church to, to share about you. Thank you for the stories we've heard of, of things like that already happening. And I pray that you would really guide the church in how to do that as a team, in ministries that they work on together in serving the community.